0: Hallelujah. Christ our Paschal Lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb. Taking the spices that they had prepared, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living? among the dead. He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners, and be crucified, and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by them. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Hallelujah! Christ is risen. There actually is a sermon. It's not just that. But if you don't remember anything else, remember that. We light the Paschal candle on Easter for the next 50 days. There's 40 days of Lent. But there's 50 days of Easter. The 50th day will be on Pentecost, where you're all invited back to wear red. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for the joy of this day, and we ask that your joy would enter our hearts as we celebrate your resurrection and live by your grace through faith. Amen. Paul wrote in the first lesson, or the second lesson in Corinthians. Thank you, Anelia, for being our lector. Paul wrote, if for this life we only have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Did you catch that? Paul said that if we only hope in Christ, we're to be pitied. Why? What's wrong with just having hope? Well, it's interesting that you should ask. Theologian Miguel de la Torre wrote a whole book about the virtue of not having hope. Why? He says, like Paul, that the problem with having hope is that it can lead to resignation. Sometimes we might see a terrible injustice in the world and shrug our shoulders and say, well, I have hope that things will get better. That's exactly what St. Paul is warning against. If we come to church and hear this Easter message of Jesus resurrecting from the dead and we all walk out full of hope, but nothing changes, Paul says we're to be pitied. Dietrich Bonhoeffer had another phrase for the same idea. He called it cheap grace. He said that cheap grace is when a person never bothers to reflect critically about their own behavior and their own culpability in the problems of the world. We know that he faced some major problems. But if we simply tell ourselves that we're all just going to be okay because of God's grace and the resurrection of Jesus we're not taking grace seriously Jesus was far more confrontational than simply going along with things and having hope he spoke out about injustice he rattled cages and because of this because of his confrontation he was crucified They killed him to make him quiet. To get him to stop challenging the status quo. But it didn't work. It didn't stop him. The resurrection is the unlikely and the improbable resiliency of a loosely connected movement of Jewish peasants to change the whole world. Because Jesus rose from the dead... His followers were emboldened to keep doing the ministry of Jesus and to work toward achieving His mission. And what is His mission? Nothing less than the breaking in of the kingdom of God, of peace and righteousness on earth. Paul says in the same reading this morning that eventually... Jesus will destroy every ruler, every authority, and power. That's quite a thing to do. Jesus doesn't just have hope in a more just and righteous world. He gave his life to make it so. And his resurrection gives life to us so we also can make it so. The final enemy to be destroyed is death. And when we no longer fear death, we are free to love. It says in Psalm 118 this morning that the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. I really like that. I like it because in constructing a wall out of masonry, a cornerstone must be different than all the other stones. In the middle of a wall, the mason looks for stones that are all the same, and if it doesn't fit, they throw it out into a discard pile. But then the strangely or differently shaped stones are found to be useful in the corner. You can understand how this happens at every age. Children in school and adults in society are tempted to... To identify people who are different and bully them. Treat them badly or harshly or cruelly just because they don't fit in. That's what happened to Jesus. Maybe we all get a little scared at people who are different. But the one who was rejected has become the leader. The cornerstone that holds the whole building together. So if you have ever felt different. If you have ever felt like you didn't fit in, God has a place for you. God has a place for you in God's great construction project, the kingdom of God on earth. Maybe you are meant to hold walls together or be the top of an arch where the keystone sets. God has a place for every shape and size and personality. With grace, you are saved. You don't have to be perfect But by God's grace, God loves you and needs you and wants you. That is an incredible thing if you think about it. All you have to do is nothing at all. Just have faith. But hold on a second. You might be thinking to yourself right now, Pastor, I'm having some cognitive dissonance. You started off this sermon saying that we can't just resign ourselves and have hope. We've got to do something. Now you're telling me I don't have to do anything, that I'm saved by grace through faith. So uh, how are you going to resolve this tension? Well, here's the best that I can do. There's a difference between passivity and pacifism. There's a difference between fate and faith. You are called to have faith. Faith is peaceful action. Faith is a conscious choice to do everything in your power to do no harm, but to extend that same grace to others, even if it's costly in your own life. Our biggest problem to do this is forgetfulness. We forget day in and day out that God has done for us what God has done for us. We are but mere mortal souls whose brains can't very well comprehend the truth and we get pulled in all kinds of fanciful untruths every day. Even the best and brightest among us just make even bigger mistakes. We all know that the smartest, most intelligent people among us are who? The women. We know this because it's in the Bible. Who were the first to go to the tomb to witness the resurrection? Who was it? It was Mary and Mary and the other Mary. There's a lot of Marys. It was the women. Where were the guys? We don't know, but they weren't there. The women went first. And even though their superior intelligence and bravery brought them to be at the right place at the right time, even they couldn't comprehend what was going on. They looked in the empty tomb and they were scared. Where was Jesus? You can understand that. They thought maybe someone stole the body. They had forgotten the multiple times he told them about the resurrection. They didn't get it. So they were puzzled and they were afraid. Then the angels explain it to them again. And what do the angels say? They say, remember, remember what Jesus told you. And slowly the neurons start to connect, the puzzle pieces fall together, and they remember. Think about that word, member. We are all members. And this morning when we gather, we are being remembered. We are members of one body coming together, and our minds are putting together our memories so that together, collectively, we remember. That is why we are here, to remember that against all odds, that even in the throes of the face of death, there is new life. Fragile life, improbable life, and yet a tenacious life that springs forth. So you're in the right place. You're here to remember, and that's good. Now, here's what I'd like you to do. Go out today and teach and share this good news with others because there's a lot of people out there that have forgotten. They don't need our judgment. They don't need our criticism. They need our love. They need to be reminded and to be remembered. Amen. Please stand.